Hey guys, thank you for checking out Bucked Up. Just before we start, I would love if you'd hit the subscribe button, like, share the video. We have new episodes coming out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And starting in the new year, check out Wrapped Up exclusively on Vivo. This episode is sponsored by Exotic Roots Hydro, which I have to give a huge shout out to. They are a huge supporter of the podcast, and I'm really happy to be working with them. If you're ever in Rochester, New York, and you need to learn about any of your hydroponic needs, go to their shop. You can follow them at Exotic Roots Hydro on Instagram. Shout out their whole team. They have an amazing venue space. Uh, they're going to be putting on tons of events. Just make sure to follow Exotic Roots Hydro on Instagram. And if you're ever in Rochester, definitely stop by. Let's get back into it. It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Now he fucked 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 up. Now you have fucked up. I, I have done stand-up. I actually tried it for the first time uh, right before the shutdown. Um, and and Bad since time. then, I, I never got the chance to go back up. Oh, really? How did it go? Do you want the truth or a lie? No, I want the uh, truth. It, I want the truth. 100%. <laughs> nothing but the truth. I bombed, man. But uh, yeah, I think it, it's it's hard not to. I, I was very misguided. I jumped up and it was sort of in, in the Trump era. And I did a Trump era related joke that I thought would go over well. And it did not. So, uh, oh, I feel you. Yeah. Did people hype you up? Like, did were they saying who you were? Or did you just go up like as a rando? I actually, I purposely, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't uh, invite anybody because I wanted to see if I could actually just do it like completely unknown kind of thing. So there was like 15, 20 people there. And yeah, they, I, I think it was one of those things where I was trying to make myself the butt of the joke, but they were too nervous to laugh. So it was, it was yeah. a strange thing. And also, you how long have you done it? Uh, do you want the real answer or do you want the lie? <laughs> the lie. No, <laughs> no. Honestly, I've been doing it maybe like two and a half to three years seriously, like no breaks. Even during quarantine, I would find mics and drive anywhere to do it. Like I but the first two times I ever did it, I used a fake ID and I got into the comedy store like oh, wow. it's a 21 over club. So like literally the first time I ever did stand up was in the belly room on Kill Tony. Like you can watch it. I have it on my YouTube page. But That's I was crazy. like 18 years old uh, wow. and it's 60 seconds. So, of course, you know, it's 60 seconds. And the first time I did really well, like first time, 60 seconds. Right. Uh, it was in the belly room. Jamar Neighbors, uh, rest mm. in peace, Brody Stevens was there. Like it was it was really crazy. And then the second time I six months later, I go back out, get picked for Kill Tony again. It's now in the main room. Have you ever been to wow. the comedy store? I haven't, but I can basically picture every corner of it from yeah, videos yeah. And, and pods. So I'm it's in the main room and I was like cocky. I hadn't I had only done one set in between those times. <laughs> I was like, I had already done well. Like I'll go up and it's the main room. It's sold out. Steve O is the guest. And you can Oof. watch this one too. Bomb my ass off. Like so bad. Steve O yawns during my set. Like <laughs> oh, people no. like you know, people are gonna go and find that. Uh, and then I like didn't really take it seriously because that hurt so much for a little bit. And then 
my uh, senior year of college is when I kind of was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm about to graduate. I need to if I'm serious, I'm going to need to take it serious. So that's when I started doing it. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's a time where, where you have to take it to the next level, man. Yeah. I mean, I always thought about doing it. And I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things where it, it just didn't it hasn't bit me yet. But like the bug hasn't bit me yet, but I think it might be because I haven't gotten a really good laugh from a crowd yet. What what has been holding you back thus far? Because it's not like you haven't been dipping your toe into the comedy field. I don't know. I, I yeah, I think it's it's just one of those things like where the lockdown threw me out of it for so long, and and I also I've been hesitant. I mean, even before that, like before that, oh yeah, yeah. What, what held me back in general? Yeah, I think I, it was just you know, nerves, dude. Irish, yeah, yeah, nerds, but Irish was saying how he knew you from the church days of like early, early, which is so funny because that's when I was in it, but I wasn't like, I wasn't a fan like that. Like, I would listen right. to it and I'm like, that's me with rap. It's funny that I'm a comedian, but you're like, you've been in it, you know, the comedy world, like, deep. Yeah, I mean, I, I started sort of getting involved in, in the whole like listening and watching the, the L.A. scene when I was like uh, 10, 11. And then by the time I was 16, I started working at a comedy club out here, which is that it's a we, it, we're in a random city, but we have one of the biggest malls in the world. Um, so we get a lot of like cool com comics that would come. So I started working there. And I think that kind of messed it up for me, though, like the idea of going up at my work. Uh, cause that was like the main place to do it sort of threw me off. So I, I think it was just, it was just a weird thing of, of not really knowing what to talk about and, and being a little on the younger side resistance. Yeah, I, I get yeah. like, no, but I feel that I needed to, when I did it, when I used my fake ID to get in and when I like first got into it, I didn't know what I was going to talk about. Like I had to kind of live a little. And I lived a little too much during my college years. So then like, <laughs> oh, I had an experience to talk about afterwards. You kind of do need to do that. That's the thing. It's kind of hard to talk about like just like 16. I was like working at Target before that and just living with my parents. It's nothing very comical about that. So, yeah, that life experience, it helps, man. Do you think you have like stuff to talk about now? I do. But honestly, I, I, I think like if I'm being tr really just, you know, frank about it i don't think i i enjoy it as much as i th i think i i would or i thought i would i, I don't know I, I i feel like i don't really need obviously if you're doing a podcast like you, you want some sort of attention but i don't know if i need attention like right in front of me it, like irl in the moment yeah. um i can kind of deal with like putting it out and it kind of feels like covering my face and, and whatever happens with it happens and however people react they'll do it on their time but I don't know, just just the the face to face thing is is odd, but I mean, I'll probably give it another shot. It's just it's a weird life being a comic, man, and and you know this, you know, like it's 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 a very a lot of isolation too. Like once you get on the road, it's it's a very particular life. It one hundred percent is. It's funny because you just posted that thing uh, the other day on Instagram, which for people listening, it doesn't help. But you were talking about like <clears throat> like grinding too hard. Right. Like, you know, like pushing too hard that you like tire yourself out. But I yeah. feel like that is the life of the comedian. Like my mental illness is I have like an addiction to the grind. I have an addictive personality all around. But like it's useful to push into comedy and podcasting, but definitely stand up because it's always like, all right, what's next? What's fucking next? What's fucking next? That's the thing, man. And it and, never pays off. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, well, for most people, it doesn't. Right. And I, I really, truly believe that 
for something like this, especially like you really have to love it. Like, I mean, if I didn't love podcasting as much as I do, I would have quit a long time ago, you know, and, and I think that I may not love stand up in that same way. And honestly, I think if you don't, I think somebody else belongs up there, you know, and I'm, I'm sort of okay with that, you know, but I've always found that life doesn't really go the way I, I, you know, a person expects it to go. And I always saw myself as being a comic at this age and maybe the path was different, but it's, I, I definitely enjoy watching it maybe more than I enjoy doing it at this point. Yeah. But you are doing crazy stuff and you have been able to do a lot of like really awesome stuff and carve your own lane at a young, how old are you now? 23. Yeah, 23. I'm 24. So like you're younger than me. It's like, oh, God damn. Like, that's really cool what you've been able to do. And maybe stand up isn't a part of that. But it's comedy definitely is, you know. Thanks, man. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun and sort of just getting to kind of like peek behind the curtain of like the comedy world, the music world. It's really just been a fascinating experience. It's like it's so much intricacies in these worlds. It's it's really something. Well, it's funny how it all works out because I've known you, you know, just through being who you are for a long time. But then I also knew you through Irish because he mm. kind of compares us a little, you know, he'd be like, oh, you have to meet this guy, Cassius. You remind me a lot of him and the things we talk about or whatever, the, the way we just the grind. And then when you I could see that, man. And then when you commented on the Conway uh, episode. It was just so funny. It was like the perfect timing of like, oh, my God. And you commented on my thing. It's cool that we finally get to talk. Yeah. By the way, man, like I really meant it when I said great work like that was uh, that was really so like what was it like for you? I, I, don't, I don't mean to take control of your show and interview you, but like, was it weird for you to have Conway opening up like that? Like that was insane. It was weird. It was crazy because like. Later, I know, like going back, I was told that Conway even told a close friend of us that like he didn't like me when he first met me. Mm. So like <laughs> knowing that now it even puts a different perspective on it. But I've known him for a little bit. I've known him since like 2017. And then I guess he had watched a few of my episodes and liked how I did it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so we were supposed to do the podcast at like 3 p.m. And then he keeps pushing it back, you know, keeps pushing mm. it back. And it's now, I'm not joking, it's now like 10 p.m. Oh. And we get a text and he's like, from his manager, and he's like, hey, Conway's doing a club appearance. Come to the club. Oh, and damn. we're like, all right, I guess we're dropping everything. Because something that I've learned from interviewing all of Conway's guys is like, he likes to test people. So I was like, okay. I, think, I think this is a test. Like, because he right. doesn't do interviews especially with someone as like at that point I had like 700 subscribers, you know, like right. especially. And so we get to the club and uh, the first thing he asked me is uh, what type of questions are you going to ask me? That's the first mm. thing we're in the VIP section. We're up on stage of this like <laughs> packed out club. And I'm like, I just want to ask you how you do it, you know, like, cause that's mm. what I'm interested in. And he kind of like chilled then. And then okay. we partied, we got drunk. And nice. then we did that interview at like 2 a.m. after the club. I know that was a long winded story, but like. No, that, know, that puts a lot of context to it, though. That's so cool. Yeah. And there was a lot that went on that I, I'm i not going to like go into on camera that caused him to be like upset that night. Not with me, but just like things going on. 
But like mm-hmm. that's why it became like a very personal interview. You know, it it was two a.m. after a night at the club together. Man, that is that is that must have been so surreal. You know, it, it it's it, and it's interesting because I've been kind of following like Conway's like sort of what he's been saying about the business and just one of these dudes like. I just wish he could see himself the way somebody like you or I sees him for just a moment. Like I've truly, and I hope he has, cause he deserves it, man. Like these guys are such machines and, and, you know, like their fans really love them, you know? Yeah. But I don't know if you feel this way and maybe this is why you don't like stand up, is cause after talking to him with, cause I've talked to him, but after like that conversation face to face, I like understood him more because everything that goes well for me makes me like less happy because I just want more. Like I just want to be the best. Like what he was saying, I feel, and I'm at such like a minuscule scale of that where it's like everything that's good, you're in the eye of the storm. So you just kind of want to keep doing more until you're the best, but you're never the best, you know? It's like, Dude, it's so tough. Because you've interviewed some of the craziest people ever. Like honestly, like. From Thanks, fucking the, fucking the people from Kiss to fucking Danny Brown to Joey Diaz to like, it's crazy. I mean, to countless, but you probably feel it. You're like, all right, what's next? Like, well, yeah, at times, and and I know what you mean, and you know, like you brought up the the thing about talking about grinding too hard, and and that kind of goes with this theme. Like, I had to find things, whether it's to do with the the game of podcasting or not that were outside of it to sort of keep me happy to keep me going. Because if I didn't have that, I felt like the opposite was just being on a hamster wheel and constantly being defined by, you know, whatever the latest achievement is or the latest views are. And it's like, you know, it's almost like, like you watch Sopranos and they tell the mob guys, like, you're only as good as your last envelope. Podcasting, like you're only as good as your latest episode. And, And it's not like dropping an album as an artist where you drop an album and you have a year and a half, off that record you got a week maybe off your episode before it's like okay what's next that's old news so it's like it's so tough and yeah so i I had to really readjust my thinking and try to find different sort of checks and balances to to know that i'm still moving in the right direction that isn't necessarily based on that because it it is addictive too like you said it's it's addictive to try to keep getting that and topping yourself one yeah the numbers like youtube studio makes it so hard and i also it's funny that I'm complaining and people are like, oh, you know, he's complaining about whatever. But I also know what I need to do. It's kind of like I heard a diet once described as like, you need to figure something that doesn't have an end goal. Like you need to figure mm. something that'll always work. Like a diet isn't right. something you do. And then there's like, a, oh, I got to the end. It's right. Like, that's no, that makes a lot of sense. It's a continuous do. thing. Exactly. And I think oh, and I haven't been focusing on, like, my health. So that's probably why I'm not happy with my other stuff. Like, right. if my mind's not in order, then probably, like, or if my body's not in order, my mind's not going to be order and vice versa. Exactly, yeah. And, and it is tough because it, and, and it's taught me a lot about myself, too. Because, for example, like, I've never tried, like, any sort of table games at a casino, any form of gambling uh, once I turned of age. And the reason for that was, Every time I put up a podcast, I feel a gambling rush because when you think about it, you're putting it up. It's either going to like do really well and do great for you, or you're going to put it up, get two views and look kind of silly. And it's, it's that gamble I found so addictive and literally through 
21, I was, I would like do this and be caught in the cycle and staring at the YouTube studio. And I just realized, man, it's yeah, it's, but it, it, it teaches you about yourself. Cause I realized with, with the addiction to that, if I was to start, you know, really gambling, you know, I'd be screwed right now. So it, yeah. it teaches you. So you do stuff on your own, but you also work for, do stuff for watch mojo too, right? Is yeah. That, so is there's that, a podcast over there. Yes. Is that nice to then give kind of a way, a little bit of like, ah, it's not all on my back right now. Yeah, no, it's nice. You know, the, the thing with that show is it is such a unique company um, because everybody who does any form of hosting or narrations at that company, uh, that's not all they do. They end up doing a lot more from like programming, writing, whatever the case may be. So it, it's not quite as straightforward as maybe it would be at another company, because usually at another company that maybe give you a script, they'd book the guests. Um, and you just do it. Whereas us, like, that's what we do. You know, that's basically our role. But in terms of, I mean, the nicest part is having a, a major media company to sort of give that cosign and, and to sort of take it to the next level. I mean, you know, th this is technically my first real job in the media business. And, you know, I started when I was like 11. So, you know, it's a long time. And uh, yeah, it's just, it was really nice to get the recognition. Um, and also, it sort of gives you a little more freedom with who to reach out to. Cause like you're saying, you know, you reach out as a random podcaster, you know, the chances are not that great that you're going to get interviews, but when you have a, a company name behind you, it gives you more opportunities. So it's been really nice. And yeah, it's, it's been nice not to have to scratch and claw as much, you know, it's, and people yeah. to be like, who is this guy? You know? Yeah. Cause that's something that I think I deal with, like in the future, something that I I'm going to have to, but I also think people who, are creating there's two avenues and i think more people go to what you say where it's like yes if you have if you're going to grow you kind of have to build out a little bit you need oh, to, you need to ask for help you or do, not ask for help but have help you really do and that's something I, I resisted forever like i always wanted it to be me building my youtube channel and me be the company, like not have help from a company, become the company. But I mean, sure, that's doable in a sense, but it, it makes a lot more sense to, to build with people and whether it's people in your city or people in your network. And yeah, that was a piece I think I was missing a little bit, like trying to do it on an island. I don't think that's the way to do it. You, you know? also live up in Canada. You yeah, I, I, might as well. I live on a frozen area. island. So it is pretty hard, I guess, then to build for you. Like, as I said, I can drive. So like, I just kind of drive everywhere and try to put myself in the right situations, but you did it all remote all through the, at 11, is that when you said you started interviewing at 11? Yeah. Yeah. I started and, and yeah, it's been basically remote. I mean, the good thing about being where I'm at is it's, there's like four cities in Canada that get a ton of concerts and mine is one of the four. Okay, so luckily, right. yeah, luckily it's, it's pretty good. Like it's better. Um, but I mean, where I used to live in the East coast of Canada, it was to the point where like, if we had a concert happening, you know, a year from that date, it would literally be on the news a year before that we were having like a kiss concert or whatever. Whereas in, you know, Boston, whatever, you just have a kiss concert and that's it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, definitely. But once I moved to Edmonton, there was a, a ton more festivals and a ton more opportunities. Uh, and then I started doing photography at, a concert venue and sort of working my way up there. And then I ended up working at the concert venue. 
So I just, I tried to do that in the comedy club and just surround myself with every little nook and cranny of entertainment. Cause what it made is you a lot to do it at the young age. Like what made you start? You know, I think it was first of all, having a super big mouth. Uh, and second of all, being a fan of Joe Rogan, you know, I think just seeing Rogan, I was like, I remember I put it on at 10 or 11 and it felt like getting to sit at the adult table that I would always get kicked away from. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I listened to that and I was like, what if I could do this, you know? And I just yeah. figured I'd give it a try. How was that then like getting a shout out from him or like getting recognized? Dude. I mean, that was crazy. I, I mean, I remember when that first happened. Yeah. I, I, it was one of the craziest days of my life. He, he called me a prodigy at the time. Uh, it was obviously put, you know, I, he put wind in my sails, but that's what those guys did. They, they really put wind in my sails and especially red band and Joey, they, there was really nothing in it for them. You know, like I was completely unknown and they just decided to, to do something for this kid. And yeah, it was one of the biggest things. And then I got the chance to do a mini interview with Rogan on the Adam Carolla show. So like I started listening to Rogan and Adam on his show. And then here I was talking to these dudes on a podcast and I was lit. I was lit physically sweating on the phone with these guys. It, it was, it yeah. was intense. Did you feel ready at that moment? No, no, <laughs> I, I didn't feel ready. It was, uh, How old were you at that point? I was 14. <sighs> yeah. Wow. Damn. And Rogan, I mean, he, he, he wasn't, the monolithic figure he is today but he was still freaking huge and it's been crazy to watch rogan be like a cult guy like a cult following to where he is now i mean talk yeah, about I mean, insane he's the reason i am doing what i'm doing i mean it's funny hearing you describe your thing i mean mine was when i was 16 and i got in a really bad hockey accident and i had to lay oh. in a dark room for a month and i couldn't listen to music was it a concussion? Yeah, a level five out of five concussion. I just uh, got over that, man. So you know, and I did it. I didn't even play hockey. I just did it to impress an ex-girlfriend. Oh, like, no. In a month in, I got in this accident, and I couldn't listen to music. I, all I could do was listen to people talk. Like, that's what my yeah. doctor said. Like, no music. You could, And I just listened to, like, Rogan's podcast and comedy mm. and shit. And when I came out of it, I was like, Oh, there's people who actually like follow their dreams and fucking yeah. do their shit. And it's, you know, it's funny because that's then what put me on the path I'm on today. And it's funny hearing you describe it as like they gave this kid a chance because mm -hmm. that's how I feel with if you rewind to when you asked me how I felt about the Conway interview, shit, I'm 24 right. years old. Like I'm not a kid, but I felt like, damn, like he gave the kid a chance. Like, he gave me a chance, you know, that was, he yeah. didn't have to do that. These guys don't have to give, you know, anything me, like exactly. They, they have people wanting to do shit for them all the time. So for them to do it really does mean something, but shows that you're on the right path. I think. I totally agree. You know, and, and it's all, all, you know, for you, what you do with it too. And I think these guys get it. Like they know that, them partnering with you may not like be the thing that you know makes you a household name but it's about what you do with that you know and and yeah it's it's really it's a blessing when someone at that level passes that along it says a lot about their character and it's it is like it's the the pushing too hard because 
I do the ro- I do three episodes a week just to get to That's my a lot. just to get to my ten thousand hours quicker. Like I mm. just wanna. I don't really. That's why I don't care. I try not to care about the views because it's like I'll put so many out that it's hard to like pay attention to it because right. I just wanna meet cool people i'm not trying to like ride off of one thing i just want to grind that's what the rogan style was was just grinding 100 percent. and do you have like a spiritual connection like have you ever done this is a a rogan question but have you ever done dmt like do you have i haven't done dmt no have you done mushrooms um yeah i've played around with it but you know i'm I'm more of a i mean for it's legal you know decriminalizing canada but I'm more of a micro guy. I've never really done the the full gauntlet with a psychedelic. Okay. I was just wondering, because like I did DMT and then I started the podcast, which is Ooh. the most Rogan thing in the entire That's world. So Rogan. To do. He definitely made you want to start. <laughs> to, do, to do DMT and start a podcast. It's like, <laughs> I just need to fucking start bow hunting or doing MMA. Yeah, seriously, so eating deer meat and the whole exactly. nine. <laughs> but I was, you know, I wasn't sure if you have, and that gave me a big spiritual connection too, which I think energy is a big part of it. Is it as, as, I mean, okay. How how did it compare to how you thought it would be when you did DMT? I thought it was it was exactly how I. I mean, shit. I met Buddha. Like you know, yeah. like, <laughs> like Rogan talks about his obsession with Buddha. Like I had never had any connection to Buddha before that. But the first time I did it, I met Buddha. It was a or I saw Buddha, and uh, yeah, it was a it was a very crazy experience. And I was in like a dark place, and then I was like, you know what? I, if I'm not going to do it now, then I'm never going to do it. That uh, the war of art, you know, oh. everything I do is like kind of and I do it in the rap world. So no one really knows the Rogan inspiration that I take. Right. But it's like everything I do is Rogan inspired. I just kind of put it into the rap world. And that's cool, you know, and, and the rap world is is tough to get a foot into, man. Like even with all the stuff I've done in rock and such, I'm just dipping my toe into rap in the last six months. And it's like starting completely from scratch. Like they don't really care how many rock stars you've interviewed. It's not really relevant to them. So it's, yeah, it, yeah that's the thing about music, man. Like each genre, it's, it's like you have to climb that little ladder, you know? How did you meet Danny? Because I was just out uh, with Danny for Thanksgiving, for Bruiser Thanksgiving. Oh, you were there. Nice. Yeah, yeah Danny, yeah. Um, I think he, he saw me on Joey or something like that. Um, so we, he, we got in touch on Twitter and we've DM'd a bit and we tweeted back and forth a bit. We're going to do like an actual formal, like podcast eventually. Um, but that, that was another dude who just like wanted to put some wind in my sails. He basically, he tweeted it out. He was like, you know, we'll put something together. He called me young legend. He said he knew who I was, which shocked the shit out of me, you know? Cause I, I mean, I'm a, I think Danny Brown is a seriously underrated rapper, man. Like when you listen to the songs on triple X, like Pac Blood, Die Like a Rockstar. That's DNA, some incredible, yeah, like, dude. Oh my, yeah. Insane. Yeah. I know that's, I was just, I just had Jade, uh, Jade Gomez on, shout out editor at Pace Magazine, who's like a really good friend of Danny's on last night. And we just like nerded out about that album. I met her at the Bruiser Thanksgiving. Oh, that's cool. That must have been a sick event, man. It was crazy doing mushrooms with Danny. It was wild. It was. Dude. That that's a whole podcast in and of itself right there. <laughs> I know, but I don't know how you feel or I guess you do your stuff through, but it's like I also don't push it like I think that's I I never push anything like 
things will in terms happen of getting a guest. Yeah, things will happen when they happen. Like, I you know I hate people who try to like weasel. That's why I think a lot of people they think that weaseling is your way to do it. No, yeah, it's definitely not. It, I think you know this is probably a, a, a too good of a tip to be given out to everybody. But hey, let's let's do it. We'll we'll give it. Like I think it's just about trying to make a case for what's in it for them because if you can really sort of examine a person you can maybe see what you can offer them even if they are much bigger in status than you or have more money than you like if you can't offer them like sort of concrete physical things you can offer them maybe something else uh in terms of um, sort of an emotional connection or something else so i think it's it's more about that than because you can be as persistent as you want if somebody doesn't want to talk with you that's sort of where it ends yeah I think we should I think we should say fuck it and get into the real knowledge. Like I think we're two people that if you're listening and you really want to like do it, this is a good this is good information to listen to, honestly. I um like what you just said, like see what you can offer, but also see what you can offer to the world. Like Exactly. Like Well, uh, that's what people people make the mistake that they always try to see what they can do for themselves when it comes to the show and how to make themselves bigger and this and that. But that's the thing. You have to be worried about what you can offer to the people who love the genre of thing you're doing, whether it's podcasting or rap music, your, your sole goal should be to make podcasting greater as a whole, not necessarily to make yourself greater and bigger. And when you do that, naturally you will become bigger, but it's, it's kind of like the expression when you chase money, it runs. It's like if you chase to make yourself bigger, you're almost doing the opposite in a strange sense. Or happiness or anything or what we were talking about before. When you see an end goal, there's never going to be an end goal. You have to find things that kind of keep working. I created the reason this is a self-help podcast in quotation marks is because I started it because I was broken up with. And the Mm -hmm. girl I was dating was like said some real shit and was like you really need to deal with these problems and if you don't deal with these problems you will never be successful so I started this podcast to talk to people about dealing with those problems like how Mm. do I deal with these problems and it kind of turned into this and then it's like oh oh shit I get to talk to Conway about his problems and I got to solve myself when I just wanted to like better myself you know uh what's that saying the most selfish the most selfish thing you can do is help others right okay i I think i've heard that somewhere but i like that (laughs) you know like that's a tweet (laughs) it's a tweet i know i'm fucking drunk off of caffeine right now i don't know what's happening (laughs) dude i i could use being drunk off caffeine i don't i'm not a caffeine guy i'm a i'm a weed guy i'm not really a drinker i don't have a lot of caffeine but i got this uh Ooh. espresso and it fucked me up that looks deadly man that looks like a, a serious coffee mix right there <laughs> so how okay uh you started at 11 just because you heard rogan but like have you thought about like this is dumb but like the spiritual reason why you at 11 decided to do this or were set on your journey Hmm, that's a good question you know i think it's well the main thing that got me like putting two and two together because like you'd think what are you going to talk about well i was a huge fan of of kiss the band and reading about their history i read about how they had fan magazines 
And if, if these people would stay home and slave away, making their own homemade magazines and eventually they had an interview with kiss and spread like a side of kiss that only the fans knew. And I always thought that was so interesting. It was like, what if you could bypass like the typical flashy extra TV interview and, and like really do something sort of by the people for the people. That was really the, the main idea just to, to think that yeah, it but was why possible. You? Why me? You know, I don't, I honestly don't think at the time I would have had the depth to know that answer. Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by producer out of Syracuse, New York, Twist L's. He makes dope lo-fi beats. He has a bunch of tapes on Bandcamp that you should all check out. But uh, if you want to work or get amazing lo-fi beats, hit him up at lofi.lucifer on Instagram. That's L-O-F-I dot L-U-C-I-F-E-R. Uh, check him out. He's an amazing dude. Thankfully, sponsors the podcast. Let's get back into it. Um, you feel like I, you have it now or no? No. You know, I honestly, I would probably be lying if I said I knew exactly why. I think it's, I've always just wanted to connect with people. I've always wanted to, humanize people that that's another thing i i think when people are seen in a specific way whether it's rock star rapper whatever it is there's there's sort of connotations that come with that yeah. and and my like bigger goal for this has always been to to look past that and like dig into the human being and why i like that that's a good question maybe that's something i need to smoke dmt and think about <laughs> um, <laughs> i'd like the answer <laughs> do you have any siblings yeah little sister she's uh she's 22 Okay, did you, uh, this is, I'm not, I don't mean to get all like there, but like, were you, because this is how I was, like, I, I guess I should speak, I was very, like, I was a lonely kid, like, I could have had friends, I guess, but I just felt like I was so, like, the world around me doesn't understand, I just, like, cut myself off, I felt weird, I felt different. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a big reason why I'm a stand-up and why I'm a podcaster. Oh, I could see that. And you know, I don't know I if mean... you felt that same way. Uh, because I guess we'll go more is because, like, when I'm on stage, oh, people are understanding my story. Like, and hmm. then when I'm interviewing people, it's like, oh, people I admire like me because we're having a conversation right. together. Like that's you know. Totally. No, that, that I totally relate. I mean, being like a little rocker back in the day that I, I tried to really go for the rocker aesthetic. Like I had like the, the, the spiky chokers and the black nails and the whole nine yards, bro. So like 10 years old in Canada, literally the only kid that age who knew anything about these bands. And I was totally an outcast. It was like, oh, I was almost like a, a parody. Like, oh, that's the rock and roll guy. That's so lame. But then when I was getting online, I'm talking about this and not only are, are other people like relating to me, but adults are relating to me and, and tuning into me. And like, you know, all these kids are thinking I, I was lame for it. But I was like, well, all the you know people older than them that they would listen to think it's cool and they get it. So it was I remember I used to get made fun of at school because this, you know, they make fun of me and say like, oh, well, you don't have friends here. You have friends in Germany from your podcast. That's so lame. But I always thought that was cool because they were I was like, the people in Germany are cooler than you. So <laughs> 100 were your parents supportive? Yeah, they were very, very supportive, dude. I've been so blessed with my parents. Um, the first thing they said was, what the hell is a podcast? 
it, it was like NFTs or something back then. I tried to explain it. It's like they still didn't get it. <laughs> it's like nobody really got it back then. But yeah, they're so, so supportive. And yeah, just let me use their computer for it whenever they, they could. Always made sure that people I were, was reaching out to weren't creeps because I was a kid, you know. So yeah. they, they really did their part to, to support that. And yeah, always have, man. What was your first interview that you felt like, oh, shit, this is real? Hmm. I think it was the first one I did in person. So that was with a group called These Kids Wear Crowns. And I, that was my first time I ever went to a venue to do it. And I remember we were outside. There was a line of like 100 people. And then their manager cut me to the front of the line and walked me in. And I, everybody was murmuring in line. And one of the people was like, I think he does interviews where he can go and talk to the bands. And I remember being like, whoa, like that, that's cool. Because again, I was always the outcast. I was always the kid at the back of the line, whatever. And I was like, oh, I'm being walked into the venue and just seeing them sound check and stuff. I was like, you know, it was a venue for a couple hundred people, but I might as well have been in Madison Square Garden. You know, I was like, my eyes were huge. And yeah, just going in and doing it. I remember I had a little laptop that I brought in and I had the, one of the mics from Rock Band <laughs> and I took like a foamy thing and I taped it onto the mic. So that it was a pop filter. And, uh, you know, I looked ridiculous, but I sat there with my little notepad at 10 years old and did it. And I mean, it was a Atlantic Records artist. And I just remember it was just a feeling like I'd never had. And I was like, you know, this is something that could make me stand out and maybe make me get noticed for something I used to get made fun of for. So it, it really just clicked in that moment. At 10 years old. That's crazy. Well, what were you asking? Like, what's your favorite crayon? Like, <laughs> yeah, I was just asking, like, you know, tell me about and I was trying to sound like Walter Cronkite or something like I was trying to sound super professional. I was like, tell me about your new single jumpstart trying to be all, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and the, the dude was high as as hell, by the way. Uh, like they had just smoked up like right before I walked in and the dude was like trying so hard not to laugh because he's got this kid thinking he's the, the new Larry King. You know, even though we know that's you. So. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's still so funny to me. I like that, man. You should run with that. <laughs> should. Do you think at it, finding it at an early age help, like was beneficial because it now give, it gave you like, or do you feel like you weren't able to live enough? Hmm. I think of both, actually. Um, I, I mean, my entire life I've been declining offers to hang out with people or to do this or do that. Cause I have to go do a podcast. Like I would literally, I had a buddy who would ask me to come over and before I could even say, it, he'd say, Oh no, you have to do a podcast. And you know, this is like in the seventh grade. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've sacrificed a lot of regular things through my teenage years and, and childhood years, but at the same time, I see it as a positive sacrifice because it, it got me to where I am today. You know, I, I, I'm sure I maybe could have probably made it happen, but I can't picture you know, starting in a different way because it just, it, it felt like it was always just what was meant to happen. And, and I never had the, the one positive about it is I never really had that crisis growing up of like, what am I going to, what do I want to do with my life? That's the one positive that wasn't, there was never a question for me because it was always just something to do with the podcast. So that, you know, there's positives and negatives to that for sure. Yeah. I was asked this by someone I went to go speak at my college. And I was asked this, and I guess I want to ask you it because I asked this to someone else on the podcast, but I find it very interesting. Someone asked me uh, if anyone could do what I do or if 
it's just because who I am, I can do what I do. Hmm. And I, I want to, I'll answer it myself, but I want to hear what you feel about that. Man, that's interesting. You know, I, I think, I think each person, I think it has a lot of it has to do with who you are. It's, you know, everybody does have sort of qualities about them that are unique to them. And, you know, I think that can help you or hurt you depending on who's watching. But, you know, I think anybody could do it, but it just depends on what style, you know, it's, I, I don't think everybody's interchangeable. Like, sure, anybody could have a podcast as big as Rogan, but maybe they wouldn't connect with people as much because they aren't as quirky and, and have such strange sort of unique interests. So, yeah, I think it it's doable by the maybe the lion's share of people but i don't i don't think it's it's the same with everybody yeah because you said you, there was never a question for you and for me no. there was never a question either mm -hmm. and i hope that everybody in their mind has something that there's not a and you have to find it I'm not saying that everybody has it in the front of their head. Like, no. this is what I, you have to find it 100%. But that's why I'm so interested in you finding it so young mm -hmm. or me finding it in a stupid hockey accident, trying to impress a girl that had already dumped me for a deaf kid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> it's Anna, Anna, I'm a comedian. It's hurtful. Uh, <laughs> but like, I'm interested in that because I feel like that is some real knowledge. Like, how do people find that thing? No, I, I, I yeah, you really have to listen to yourself and you don't have to do DMT. That's not what yeah, I'm well, saying. you never know. I'll come back and let you know. No, but I think you really have to listen. You. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the thing, though. I mean, we mentioned stand up in the beginning, right? And like me trying it out. So I, I have no doubt in my mind that I could start going as a comic and I could definitely put the pieces together and make it happen. But I don't think, and again, maybe I'll become a comic. I'm, I'm not saying I won't, but I, I think that somebody else is better up there. So, so, you know, could anybody do it? Yes. But who should do it and who belongs there, I think is a different question. But there also aren't limited slices of the pie. Cause like mm -hmm. everyone can thrive doing their thing. Like, yeah. I the day I the day before I started this podcast, a group of 15 people told me not to do a podcast. Wow. Because there were too many podcasts mm. and because like, like, oh, really, you're going to do it like blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, I, see, I, I, think... I see where they are and I see where I am and I'm not judging them on that. But there's a reason that like you also should do what you want, not just not do it because you're like oh there's other people doing it too no i totally agree i i never think that you should not do something because you think there's there's too many involved i just think that it's a matter of maybe knowing that some things you can do but you may not get as far ahead because there's others with more of an aptitude for it and so it's like but you shouldn't let that stop you you know i think it's just a matter of being realistic you know i i, I think i'd have a lot better shot of you know, getting big off podcasting than I would off playing basketball, for example. I could do it, but I, I think that this is probably a more realistic route. So I think it's about following what you love and also being honest with yourself. Like, how good am I at this? Because that, that is a factor, if you ask me. Do you want to be big? Like, is that your goal? 
to be to be big? Yeah. I thought you said, do I want to be fake? I was going to say, no, I don't, I'm not <laughs> do planning want, on it. <laughs> do I want to be fake? No, do do I want to be fake? big? I think search. Yeah. I think anybody who's doing this and says they don't want to be big is probably lying. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'd like to, I really just, I want to bring a different flavor to this. You know, there's a very specific ways that it's being done. And there's sort of very specific personality types that are dominating the game. Uh, but there's a lot of people who are sort of hungry for something different. Um, and I think that's where I want to come in. Like, I, you know, I think anybody can can put out a product, but it's what is separating you from the other people that are putting out that product? And what are you offering to the listeners that other people are not? And so, yeah, that's that's sort of been the goal and, and playing with it in a bunch of different formats, you know. Is it the, you know, there's no question that's kept you going? Have, has there been like a moment where you've wavered or taken time off? Like there's been moments, there's been moments. I mean, I think the weird thing that happened with me is that I defined my entire life with the goals I had around podcasting. I wanted to interview X amount of people like Gene Simmons and, and collaborate with Joey Diaz and all these things. And all literally all of those goals I had, I had reached at a certain point. And I was, you know, like what, 20 or something. So I was very young. So it was almost like in a strange convoluted sense, because I didn't, you know, I didn't ask for a billion dollars. I just asked for some interviews. So everything I had ever wanted through from this, I had gotten at a certain point. And that was the point where I really started to feel lost because it was like, what next, you know, and the other goals that I had maybe were out of my reach at that time. So it was like, what, what else can I do? That's in my reach, you know? And yeah, I think there's been moments where I was like, you know, is this still what I want to do? And I think when you're doing something for a decade, I think it's perfectly natural to have that thought, just a thought, do I still want to do this? But the answer has always been yes. And you have to question yourself. I think you have to give yourself that. I feel that because I've, I would be I would be lying if I said I didn't always want a podcast ever since I wanted to do stand up. Like I would be lying cuz that podcasting is what I was like obsessed with, but I didn't do it. I've only been doing this for like 19 months, maybe like a little over a year and a half. And you're good at it, man. Especially for 19 that. months. That's that's really impressive. But I also was obsessed with Rogan. Like I would I wouldn't be lying if I said I listened to almost every episode he did from I think I started around episode 400 to mm. like, you know, I've listened, I studied him like yeah. a lot of my shit down to everything other than I don't have someone Google and shit. I like, right. <laughs> Pull that up. You know, yeah, exactly. Pull that up Irish. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, but I have to question myself. Cause it's like, we're talking about getting personal. Like my ex, the one who's the reason I like, you know, told me like, she was like, "You're too obsessed with Griselda." It's so funny. Like, <laughs> no such thing. No. That. And it's like, to last week, I'm on stage with Conway, like rapping his lyrics. But that's to the point where it's like, it's exactly what you were saying, where it's like you kind of have to question. You're like, in less than two years, I've achieved stuff that I never thought I could. But how do? And I love it. And I'm not saying this any other way, but like that can't be my peak. Like, you exactly. know, people peak in high school, you know, people peak in college. Like, I don't want my peak to be 24 years old. I want, right. 
I don't want there ever to be a peak. So you kind of have to always be adjusting what your goals are and what like you think you can go out and accomplish. No, that's such a great point. Like you look at any example, you know, like, you know, n- not comparing humans to rats, but you look at the rat in the maze, you know, you give him the same maze to get to the cheese. He's going to get fat, lazy and bored. You know, yeah. it's just, it's all across the board. Like you need new challenges and, yeah, it, it, I think it's a very strange thing because it, it on such a like a micro level feeling it because, you know, you hear of people who like get great riches and stuff and they still feel that way, you yeah. know. So I think it's also a lesson, too, that, you know, you can't define yourself by what you achieve and when it there has to be more deeper elements to it or else you can find yourself really quite lost at a certain point. And I, I wasn't really going to talk about this on the podcast, but I guess I will without going into detail. Like, I was offered a pretty good sum of money for no ownership or no stake in it. And it was, like, in the works. It all happened. And I was more anxious than ever. And then it fell through. Hmm. And I feel like a freedom almost. It's like that hmm. the money causing anxiety. It's like, it was so fun. Like... I don't know. I, it, 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 the happiness has to come from something else. The happiness, yeah. the chase, but also like being okay with the like silence. Like, I think mm. that's what Joe Rogan talks about a lot is like being okay with not your profession, like having things to do that you're okay in that off time. Oh man. It's, it's so important. You know? Yeah. I, I had something similar happen actually. Uh, I'm not sure if I can say, but like a major television company that makes kids shows uh, had approached somebody I'm working with and basically was like positioning themselves to potentially give me an offer. And basically what it said was this could be anything from like a TikTok to your own series. So I was like, okay, there's a lot in between there. Um, But I was thinking about it, man. And I was just thinking about all the creepy stuff that goes down with with these kids who work on these shows and how they've treated a lot of people and slid things under the rug. And I was like, how can I sleep at night working for a company that I feel is so corrupt and stuff? And the offer fell through. And I got to tell you, man, you'd expect a guy to be sad. I was happy. I felt a huge weight off my shoulders that I didn't have to do it. I, you know, you, you probably heard the expression, God gives you what you can handle. I mean, whether you believe in God or not, you can replace it with universe. I firmly believe that's, so that, cra- that's literally what I say. And I know people but like, yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. I totally, I firmly believe that, that you're given what you can handle at the right time. And we don't know what decides that, but I sure as hell know we don't. Yes. And you also, it goes back to, and this might sound like we're beating a dead horse with this, or at least I might sound like I am, but it's like, there shouldn't be an end. Like mm-hmm. if a big offer falls through, who cares? You, that's not, is that your end? Like, is that your no. end? Like if a big guest is a dickhead or if like something doesn't work out, okay, you got to keep moving. You have to have that mentality of just like, if this is really what you want to do, if there is no question in your mind, then like, that's it. Like you got to keep going because I've been stood up. I've been shit the conway he could have been two hours late and i could have never gone to the club and none of that shit could ever happen but you just gotta you know the four agreements not take anything personal and just like really work to like that's a great great piece of advice to never take anything personal in this whether it's views like nothing dude because it it is not personal it's just it's a game that we're playing 
And I don't think you should, people say don't hate the player, hate the game. I don't think you should hate either one. I just think you need to understand it. It's, it's nothing about hatred or love. Just know how to play the game. It's like, if I put up a video that gets, you know, 50 views, it's not because people hate me. It's just because maybe it's not as entertaining as the other video I put up. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, just because like people need to get comfortable with looking themselves in the mirror and, and objectively judging what they're doing. It, nobody cares that you made it. They just care about what it is. So that's what people need to focus on. <laughs> that it's, that's so true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is there something like a moment in your mind that you like you feel, I know that first interview when you're young, but like, what is that that you tell yourself like, that you go back to maybe when you're questioning yourself? Probably uh, my interview with Gene Simmons. Um, that was just such a defining, it was just such a defining day for me because I, I fought all day to get that interview. Uh, it was at an expo and they, they, I had media for the expo and they firm because they knew I was a Kiss fan. They knew I was coming. They said, you're not interviewing Gene Simmons. They said, nobody is. So just get that out of your mind. I said, okay. And I came day after day after day that day. I think I waited like at least eight, nine hours to finally get in touch with his publicist and just figure things out, you know, and, and I ended up sending an email to the kiss camp. Uh, some, somebody I knew he passed it to Gene and Gene responded saying, sure, I'd be happy to say hello. So then I got the media people on the phone. I said, yeah, I remember how I wasn't interviewing Gene. Actually I am. So uh, that's going to happen. So they wouldn't try to throw me out. And then, my camera guy bailed that day. So I actually went down. I set the whole thing up myself. I arranged it myself. I waited and I just pulled the whole thing off literally completely on my own. And like, it was just one of the most satisfying feelings ever because it just, it showed that like, like you, you just, you don't need a handout. You don't need anything. If you want it, just hit the ground running and you can get it, you know? And that was, that was one of the, probably the biggest dream that's ever come true in my life. That's so cool that you did it. And it's funny how similar it is to the Conway story of like, you just have mm. to like, for people listening or just like, I want to stand up and like shake your hand for it. It's like not giving up even in the moment. Like even yeah. you're like, oh, it might not work out. Oh, you exactly. know, what could happen? Nah, just stick through it. And that could be a life changing moment. That's the thing. And, and more often than not, it will be if, if there's that type of challenge like yeah i've had weird ones too where people barely show up like afro man when he came here we were supposed to interview him at like eight o'clock it ended up being like 3 30 in the morning outside his hotel and we're talking to him but like that was one of the funniest interviews in the world he had like never been to canada he didn't know what canada was he's like this is weird you know and yeah it's just you know you gotta you gotta that's the thing though it goes with the theme of it's never gonna go how you expect it you expect the interview at 10 at night with the rapper I wouldn't expect that. Just go with the flow, have fun. It'll be cool. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I feel like this is just kind of like we're, we're talking the same thing, but I hope people hear this, like understand what we're trying to, or what, at least what I'm trying to portray. Or when people listen to your interviews, you're, I feel like you want, you want to like teach people too. Absolutely. No, I do. I, I think it's, it's, it's better to do it that way. And I think there's a lot of, investment from people in hiding like what they do and how they do it and i don't necessarily see that as a benefit like i think people are interested i think the process is content in and of itself if you document the process that can be just as interesting maybe as a finished product so yeah i think people 
people should if they open up about that it probably works in their benefit and as west side gun says we've read the same book but you didn't understand the message like hey there you it, go it's true like you can i think that's what rogan's podcast was the best for is because oh, yeah. i listen to rogan and i get something but someone else could listen to it and it's something else for them but like i understood what he was trying to portray and i think you did too by Absolutely. picking that up and uh it changed my life for the better and i don't really talk about it on this podcast a lot especially because of like who he is now well that's the thing now now it's 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 he's become like a sort of a cliche and, and which is great you know like if you become so mainstream that somebody brings you up and, and the people are like, Oh, not this guy's name again. I mean, that's good. Cause you're constantly being talked about, you know, I, I never, I never thought he would get as influential as he is. And I'm, but I'm glad to see it because what it makes what we're doing more legitimate. That's one less person who says, what's a podcast. Yeah. You know, and that's a huge thing. Like we don't have trailblazers, you know, I mean, uh, shout out to Logan Paul, but uh, I mean, if that's the biggest trailblazer next to Rogan, I think Rogan deserves the credit. <laughs> what? I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you listen to podcasts now? I do. I don't listen to them as much as I did, but I actually realized in 2021, that was a weak point for me. And that was one of the mistakes I was making as I wasn't in tune with what was popular today. I think that if you're in any kind of field, you need to examine all of the biggest people in the, those fields, whether you enjoy their content or not. And I think the biggest tip is identifying what you think people are getting out of it. You can hate this guy's show, but watch it, study it, and come to a conclusion as to what they're doing that's drawing people in. And then do that for everybody at the top of the field, and then find out which one of the, these tactics is closest to something you can do. I think yeah. that's the best thing way to do it. Because it's so fun to hate. And I do it too behind closed doors. It's fun. I used like, to do it a lot, but do it anymore. I don't do. I do it in jest because I'm not. I'm a comedian. Like I right. like to shit talk. Like and yeah. that's gonna get me in trouble on this new show I have on Vivo where we review music. Where it's like I have to really. My co-host really. I told him I was like, you got to keep me under wraps. Yeah. I just enjoy the shit talk, and I don't even mean it. I just do it because I'm a comedian. That's but cool though. Or, but but it's not to the point because I hate when people talk shit about mm. me. Like mean comments hurt my feelings. And okay, I hope, true enough. Do like do you look at comments? Like do they affect you? Um, I don't think they affect me anymore. Honestly, that I think it affected me earlier, especially when I when I was younger and I first started getting like, I mean, first of all, who writes a a hate letter to a 13, 12 year old kid. Yeah, that's true. If they're doing it to you, it's like, fuck off. Let's that's what see. I mean. That is, it was, it was hard to wrap my mind around the fact that there was grown men sitting in their house, wringing their hands about a 12 year old. Um, that was bizarre, but no, now see, there's nothing someone can comment that will affect me. I've been called every name in the book, every insult in the book, and I don't even care anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's still, my ego is a little bit like, new to the public eye oh yeah dude it takes it takes years like like in my 12th year is when i became immune to that so it's like you know it's it's yeah it's i'm not gonna act like i never have and you know it does suck you know you want people to enjoy what you're doing i think that's that's human nature nobody puts something out to get a shit response yeah but it's so funny because like someone 
will recognize me in public, which is insane. I still can't believe that happens in different states. And that's, that's so cool. But then, like, someone will shit talk, and that'll sit with me for, like, so much longer. It's such a weird, like, the ego is such a weird thing for that. It is weird. Yeah, I try to, I try to keep it under control. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's so much more to do with that person and where they're at that yeah. I almost don't, I almost feel like they're not even to blame. It's like, they're a victim of whatever's going on in their mind. And they're projecting that because they just happen to see this video. But I think it kind of goes with the theme of not taking things too personal. Like that's that person's deal. And even when I've done it, like I've had times where I, I one thing I used to hate on was super experimental new rappers, like the Playboy Cardis and, and these, I used to say they were all trash. They were all terrible, this and that. And I ended up at, at one of their shows and I realized like, I can say this is trash all I want, but these people are going to keep coming to these shows. And in this room, that's God right there. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what I say. And, and it's not important what I say because there's something actually going on. You know what I mean? So now I, I don't even hate on any artist because it's like, if you're bringing people in, you're making people happy. That's bigger than an individual opinion in my, in my view. You have a very, you're very even keeled for 23. It's cool to see. And I think, do you do things like, do you, do you get angry? Like, do you have, or do you work on things? Like, do you work out? Do you meditate? Do you things, do things to keep? I'm trying to get healthy in terms of diet and nutrition right now. The workout's coming because I'm, I'm still rebounding from my concussion here and there. Um, yeah, mine lasted like, yours? I'm sorry. I didn't ask earlier. No, man, it's all good. I, I, I just gotten like just some weird random, like biking thing, but the, the, I had had a very minor concussion a year ago and just the way that I was impacted, it lasted like, I mean, I'm at six months now and I still am dizzy some days, but for the first four months I was done, dude. Did you, you have know? to take a break from work, like interviews and all that? Yeah, I had to take a couple weeks off, watch Mojo. My my show went dark for a couple weeks. And like, yeah, I was fucked up, man. Like, seriously. But riding your bike? Yeah, just just the way the way it happened, the way I, I came off of it and the angle. It just it was just bad luck, you know, and uh, uh, I got in a really bad uh, hit. My hit a pothole on my bicycle ooh. and I. I wasn't wearing a helmet and I didn't hit my head, but I was so I like I was scared to ride my bike for like a month and a half, two months after that. Like I didn't want to get back on. Dude, it, it's no joke. And and yeah, like that, that type of thing can can teach you. But no, to answer your question, like I think it's just one of those one of those things of, of time and, and just sort of examining. things. I feel like I'm, I'm at a better place than I was. I used to let things bother me a lot and I just try not to now. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm not, I'm no, I'm no Buddha, you know, think you, things get to me too. <laughs> do you smoke? Uh, cigarettes? Weed. I, I do smoke weed. Yeah. All but right. not anywhere near as much as I used to. I used to be stoned like 24 seven. I used to do every podcast pretty much stoned, um, like just constantly. And I don't really do that anymore. I've found a lot of peace in getting more in touch with my just regular mind. I, I would always be doing that on the weekends. I'd like to drink and, you know, have a couple beers after work or whatever. And I just like, I, I was getting too comfortable with that and kind of like not knowing who I really was. Like I wasn't really having a dialogue with my regular self enough. Mm. Um, and ever since I taped 
tame that down a lot. Um, I'm feel I just feel a lot better and a lot more even mentally. How old were you when you started smoking? I was 14. Yeah. Yeah, I was on the younger side, man. And and it was one of those things like I've never had another drug except for, you know, microdosing here and there. But like it was like I smoked it and I was like, yeah, this is it, chief. I was just like, this is what I got to keep doing. And, you know, it's never really held me back. But I just think even Rogan has said it, you know, he's like, you don't want to be altered all the time. Like you need to have some time to communicate with your regular self. And it's tough in the entertainment world because the backbone of comedy, music, all this stuff is mostly like with the audience getting fucked up and the performers getting fucked up. Like, you know, so it it's weird, man. You got to slay your own dragon when it comes to that in this world. 100%. That's why I try not to. That's why I hate that I've been getting even one drink at shows recently or two drinks at shows because it's like I would smoke. I would give myself that. But like I would never drink before I gave got on stage. And now I'm kind of right. like. I feel like I've been loosening my morals recently. Like I've been eating unhealthy. I haven't, I've been sleeping in. I haven't been doing this working out as much like, and I blame it on working hard, but I think it's just loosening my morals. I think it's resistance. Right. I think you have to give yourself a certain set of rules and it's like, well, I'm still releasing three episodes a week. Like I'm still doing that. So I can eat McDonald's three days. A right. row, <laughs> exactly. You know, And that's like, that's not how it works. Cause life has to keep moving you know like if that's really what you want to do then you have to also work your other life around it yeah and it, it, it is tough you know but and and it's such an individual thing I, I feel like people spend a lot of time looking up tactics or looking at what other people did and again it's good to take pieces from that but if there was a one size fits all way to improve yourself, everyone would be doing that. I mean, yeah. sure, maybe eating healthy and working out could be one size fits all. But it, the what you know, the intricacies of that for each person are very different. And I think you got to care enough about yourself to advocate for yourself to find what that is for you. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Man, this is awesome. This is a great conversation. When do you do you can you leave Canada right now or there? Honestly, dude, I, I'm not even going to try. It, it seems like such more of a hassle. Like, I want to go travel to relax and get things done. And it seems like more of a chore to travel right now because yeah. Canada is insane right now. Uh, so, yeah. But, I, I mean, I definitely, I got New York is in my sights, dude. I got, like, a couple other people who I've, I'm connected with out there. And you might I, move I'm to anxious. What's that? I said you might move to Austin. I might move to Austin. I mean, I'm thinking about it, dude. It's just... Right now, I want to get out of Canada. I don't like I don't have any hate. I love everybody here just in terms of what I want to do with my life. And also some of the in light of some of the current stuff, I just don't want to be here. You know, yeah. so the States is. Yeah, probably it's crazy. The, the lockdown shit. I've been seeing videos and stuff about like, the curfews and everything that that type of stuff and just those aspects of it going too far is is what i think is happening here yeah. you know like i'm all for masks wash your hands blah 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 all this stuff six feet um get get vaccinated if you want it all this stuff but i think there's a limit like once you start passing that in quebec they just announced that they're going to be having some form of tax for people who don't have the vaccine so they're actually going to be taxing them out the ass for anything they want to do and i'm like when there's 10 percent of people who don't have a shot 
that first of all, that's a small percentage. And second of all, we don't know why they don't have it. Like there are a lot of health issues. Yeah. There's some people who literally can't. So, yeah, that's the thing. So, yeah, like I I don't I've been going through this thing and uh, through this whole pandemic where I've kept kept my mouth shut just completely because people are so hair triggered. But I kind of got to a point like looking at what they're doing around here and like forcing fully vaccinated people to go to quarantine hotels, like stuff like that just doesn't make any sense. Um, I I thought of myself at like 90 years old, sitting in a hospital, thinking about my life. And I was like, if I look back to a time where there was actual real shit going on that I see as an injustice in the world, how could I live with myself if I just sat there and smiled to make my life easier? It just doesn't sit right with me, you know? So yeah, I mean, I'm against those extra measures. And I think it's good to remind people right now that you're allowed to have an opinion and it doesn't have to be the popular one. Yeah. Yeah, because you're so... I've, I feel that you're scared to like say how you feel because you don't know how anyone reacts, no matter what their opinion is. People are so quick to just get... take it, take it, Don't they take anything personal. That's what we are talking about before. Like people are so quick to take opinions as personal attacks yeah and 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 they're quick to take asking a question as giving a stance like you can be the most pro-vaccine person in the world you can still ask questions about the vaccine for example just because you're asking questions about it that doesn't mean you're necessarily don't want it don't have it or don't think people should get it you know it's like people are afraid to ask questions if you're asking questions that you you're not going along with the narrative and I don't agree with that. You, you, to, to think, you need to be questioning things. And I'm like vaxxed, boosted, and I have a lot of friends who aren't at all. Like don't, and it's, I don't know why. I, it's like, I know people who would like, like how the, how the heck could you hang out with them? It's like. <laughs> it's insane, you know, it, and it's it just, it's, it, I saw the meme that Elon Musk posted a dude with his vaccines and a dude without them. And they both have the thought bubble saying, why aren't they dead yet? You know, and that's the thing. I don't believe yeah. in that type of hyperpolarization. There needs to yeah. be more balance. 100%. But man, I, ho- I hope to meet you in a uh, person sooner rather than later. Likewise, man. I really appreciate you doing this. I, I respect everything you've done. I, I, uh, I want to thank you for everything you've done for such a long time. And uh, thank you. I appreciate man. you coming on for real. No, that really means a lot, dude. And, and just keep doing what you're doing. Like I say, like you're killing it. You're you're really onto something great here. Like I know people who've been doing it a lot longer than you and they don't have nearly that natural feel that you have. And yeah, really great chatting with you, man. Definitely. Thank you, man. And it's so funny. The Irish connection is just really it's such a funny, like small world, you know, dude, it's so weird. I did a podcast right before this and I brought up a mutual friend that me and that guy had. And suddenly he jumped out of the background. <laughs> so like the, literally the same. <laughs> that like, is so funny. Right <laughs> <laughs> but uh, cool, man. Have a good rest of your night. And, uh, you know, we'll talk soon. <laughs> yeah, man. When do you think this is going up? Uh, this will probably be next week, probably next Friday. Sick. Okay. I'll, I'll post the hell out of it everywhere, man. And uh, keep in touch. Really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, take care.